Hello and welcome to Real Quick episode 48. I am Seth, joined as usual with George Tyler and unfortunately not Cam today as he has gone to pick up his new puppy. Uh, if you've listened to our episode on... When is this going out, Tyler? Friday? Yeah, this is coming out yeah, Friday. So yeah, a couple, four days ago or whatever the episode would have came yeah, out. Yeah, so if you listened to our episode four days ago, you know that he wanted to get a dog, so unfortunately he can't be joining us today. But today we have a Patreon... Um, a Patreon review request, and we're going to be doing Martin Scorsese's Raging Bull. Before we get into it, as usual, please feel free to hit a like on the video, give us a sub on YouTube, and obviously drop us a rating on Spotify. We recently hit 1K on there. And also drop us a rating on Apple Podcasts, trying to get up on there as well, and follow us on all the socials. And of course, with the Patreon, you do get many benefits. Feel free to check out what we can offer. And also, one of the many benefits is having one of you know a movie that you want us to review. We might end up doing so today. Our review is going to be Raging Bull, and this was suggested to us by our great patron, Dylan underscore Chip. Now, I believe this is a, re- well, a rewatch for me, a rewatch for George. Tyler, have you seen this before? This is the first time for me. This is like a this is like a soft rewatch. I haven't seen this movie in forever, so it's one of those like rewatch. It's been a just, while for me. It just feel, it felt like a first watch. It was to the point where I like I pulled the cam and I was like taking notes throughout the movie just because. Wow. Well, you can do that when you're at home. It's a bit different. Yeah, when you're in the film. yeah. I, I would never do it in a theater. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Yeah. Also, so, um, back to back Scorsese. I didn't realize that. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I just thought about that earlier. Just very polar opposite, Scorsese. Yeah. In general, really. um, I'll go through the obviously synopsis first. So obviously, this is an adaptation mm-hmm. of the autobiography of the boxer Jake LaMotta. Um, so the synopsis goes as follows. When Jake LaMotta steps into a boxing ring and obliterates his opponent, he's a prize fighter. But when he treats his family and friends the same way, he's a ticking time bomb, ready to go off at any moment. Through LaMotta, wants his family's love. Something always seems to come between them. Perhaps it's his violent bounce of paranoia and jealousy. And this kind of rage helped him become a champion. But in real life, he winds up in the ring alone. And it's a it's a sports movie. You know, that's a, that's the genre for it. But I guess it's very much a study of character rather than, you know, the, the boxing is there, but the boxing is really a small part of the story, to, you know, contrasted to what we're actually focusing on within the film. Tyler, I'll go over to you first for your kind of quick thoughts. I think with this... I mean, you know, spoiler warning, it did come out in 1980. But <laughs> well, I think with this, we can just kind of just riff off a little bit, speak about it, speak what we liked and didn't like. Tyler, if you want to give your initial thoughts, as you know, it's your first watch as well. Yeah. And I also don't think like there's the ending of this movie, something where like if you knew that going in, you'd be like, oh, this movie's ruined. Like I can't enjoy Raging Bull now that I know yeah, that. Ending. So like I don't think it is a big spoiler movie. Um, Yeah. So what you're saying about a sports movie, yes, it is. It's obviously a sports movie. It's a biopic about Jake Lomato as a real boxer, but. The boxing was more of like the cut scenes just to progress his story. Like it was much more about his life and how it was devolving outside of the ring. And it was kind of like he is a boxer and they kind of threw that in there obviously because, you know, he's a boxer and it's a big part of his life. But definitely that's the afterthought. And like the more main part of the movie is the outside of the ring portion. And like before I talk about my thoughts, like I just want to say Scorsese I think is truly might be like the king of biopics because like the ones that's on my raging bull goodfellas wolf of wall street I'm, I'm probably missing some other ones but he makes biopics that don't feel like biopics like so many biopics have that typical like in the first scene of the movie you immediately know you're like oh okay this is like clearly like a real life person they're retelling a story like it's always very much feels like a biopic whereas this the, he's just so good well, casino but yeah, yeah exactly that falls into it as well these all feel like movies that a lot of times you could watch it and be like, oh, wait, that was based on a real person? Like, this just seemed like a totally... Like, I think, especially Raging Bull, a lot of people didn't think, yeah, like, yeah, didn't know yeah. oh, Jake LaMotta was a real person. Yeah. So he's just so good at directing these. And Robert De Niro, like, obviously he's pretty unhinged in this movie in terms of he has those typical scenes where he's yelling and getting violent and screaming. But 
something about it just feels so reserved at the same time. And I just feel like his performance is just so layered and nuanced that I just really loved it. Because at some points he's unhinged. Then he just goes to being just more, like, almost introverted. Like, you don't, like he he's, I don't know. He's just a very, you can tell he's a, like a guy who's really battling internally with who he is and what his life is becoming. He's not all there in the head. Like, you know, early on you have the scene where he's with his brother, played by Joe Pesci, where he's like, literally just keep punching him in the face and he's just getting the shit beat out of him over and over. He's like, hit me harder. And just bare knuckle punch. Well, I guess he wrapped his knuckles up with a towel, but. Just getting shit still hurts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's just not all there in the head. And just the way Robert De Niro is playing that role is just so good. And he did win an Oscar for it. Mm-hmm. It was his second Oscar, so like much deserved because this is an incredible performance. But yeah, just I think it's we talked about it on the main pod when I was reviewing some other movies, especially Big George Foreman, which is a boxing movie as well. It's just sports movies I think are hard to make compelling because I just think I don't know. They're kind of corny. They've all been done before. It's usually always someone down on their luck that ends up succeeding. And Raging Bull is very much not that. And I feel like he made it a very compelling story that I thoroughly enjoyed. I said it was my first time. Um, I guess so for my rating, I haven't given my official rating yet, but it's going to be like a 4.5 star for me. Not quite five star level, just based on like I just didn't love it enough to put it at the five star, but definitely like an exceptional movie that I really, really enjoyed. So like 4.5 star for me. Um, I think Martin Scorsese is like, could like I was gonna say almost at his best, but this could be like at his best basically here. And Robert De Niro, same thing. Both of them just bring their absolute A game. And Joe Pesci does what Joe Pesci always does, just freaking a small little guy, thick Italian accent, just being a supporting role. But yeah, Raging Bull is a great movie, and I'm, I, it's been so long since I've had to get this checked off my watch list. So I'm glad we picked it for this week. Yeah, there's like a few questions we're gonna go over after we kind of more discuss the film regarding Scorsese as well and Raging Bull and where you kind of would put it because a lot of people really love it, but then I know people who don't particularly like it as well. Um, George, like you said, it's been a rewatch for you after a while. So Long it's kind of time. Like going into it fresh, really, when you don't remember that yeah. one. Yeah, it's, um, like, yeah, it's not that I didn't like remember it. It's just it's one of those things. I, I haven't seen it in forever. Like, I, I truly yeah. mean forever. So I'm also happy we picked this because I've been meaning to rewatch this just to, like, rerun through, like, Scorsese's filmography, especially before Killers of the Flower Moon comes out. Yeah. Uh, and I actually lowered my rating from a five to a four and a half. And that's not, like, a knock to the movie. That's just, I don't know. There, there's just uh, certain instances of boxing that I don't think hold up too well. But from a technical perspective, I think the camera work and the editing is, is mesmerizing. And I'm on Tyler's side with the whole, I don't love sports movies. I, th- I think they're very, you know, they can be very cliche. They can be very, you know, predictable. You kind of go in knowing exactly what you're going to get. But Raging Bull, like you said, Seth, it's a character study. And boxing is just there. It just happens to be in the story. It kind of reminds me of Sound of Metal, where Riz Ahmed's character, like, music is just there. But the movie itself is about this character learning acceptance, learning to overcome adversity. It's it's, it's music is there as a plot device. It's the same with boxing. But no, I, I still really like this movie. A four and a half out of five is not a knock, considering it was a five out of five. Um, I, I think De Niro's performance is one of the best, maybe if not the best of his career, right there with Dirty Grandpa. Um, I, I think there's. <laughs> I tried to slide that in really clean. Um, but no, it, it's it's a character study about this man who just never feels adequate. Seemingly, he has it all. He, the movie makes it very clear that he's the best at what he does and he's still struggling mentally, still struggling internally, just never wanting to be happy. And I think some of the best scenes in this movie are just him by himself looking in the mirror or like a brick wall yeah. or whatever in this movie. I think that's where you actually like see the depths of this character because on the surface, someone looking outside uh, in 
this man has it all and and he has no reason not to be happy but he has this looming sense of just never feeling like he's adequate enough like he's never you know uh what am i trying to say he's never you know he's he's disappointing everyone around him and that's not what he does so like you said uh seth he kind of gets into the ring he has a support system but he feels like he's by himself um but no, I, I really like this movie. I always have. I've always uh, held up that it's it's one of the, if not the best sports movie out there. Um, lowering my rating to a four and a half out of five. I now only have one sports movie out of five out of five, and that's Rocky. So I guess that's my new number one. But I am due for a rewatch on that as well. But no, I, I think this is great. I still think this is top 10 uh, Scorsese. I, I think what he was able to do with a boxing movie and turn it into a deep character study with, uh, an impeccable De Niro performance and a lot of a lot of themes that really like hit you to your core. I don't want to say they're relatable themes, just because we're not professional boxers, we're not in that in, in that seat. But you know, I think everyone goes through instances where they just don't feel adequate enough. They don't feel like they're doing enough to please the people around them. So I think the movie is fantastic. I think the writing is brilliant. Um, and yeah, it's a it's a four and a half out of five for me now. Oh, and again, sorry. that is not a knock. I promise you. Remember when we went through the Real Talk collection and the amount of movies I lowered to a four and a half out of five? Most <laughs> yeah, I did the same. I think we all did. It's kind of like you kind of want you want to know that's a five out of five for you to be on yeah. like our prestigious collection. But really. also, and I hope this doesn't come off like pretentious, but like I feel like since all of us have been on TikTok, we've watched so many more movies, so many movies like out of our comfort zones that maybe we wouldn't have watched previously. And I think that just kind of gave us a new perspective on film. It helped us, you know, be able to maybe analyze film more in depth than maybe we used to. So I don't know. I feel like my initial five out of five was just, Oh, Scorsese sick. Well, yeah. yeah. And like, I feel like in our early days of TikTok, or at least for me, I was so much more nervous to like give a movie that like everyone loves to give a, like a five star. That's like unanimous five star, like the good fellas. Like, where I was like so scared to not give it a five to get ridiculed. But now at this point, I'm like, I'll give good fellas a 4.5. I truly think it's that. And I just, at this point I just don't care. Like I'll just do it. I ever, ever I want for my rating. Yeah, it's the same with me, man. I think when I started TikTok, I would just like watch anything that was acclaimed. I'd be like, F5. Because I'd be scared <laughs> of people. Do you know what I mean? If it had yeah. like a, over a four on letterboxed average, I'd be like, okay, so it has to be like a 4.5 or above. So I can't be doing a four <laughs> or a four. Whereas I think, you know, taking it, like you said, as, as, as rewatching can you, things. Can you bring go. that logic back when you rate La La Land, please, and just give it a five? I'll be a 3.5 next time. <laughs> yeah, but I. I think that, like you said, sports sports movies in general are really ten a penny. There's 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 so many that they follow. I do like a good sports movie, but they do all follow a particular formula, which is why Rocky was so great at the time because it was the first to really do the underdog story. Which is why I appreciate why people like Rocky so much, and so do I. It's like four point five for me, same as Raging Bull, which obviously Raging Bull four point five. Um, I've not seen it in I want to say like two years. It's probably been a bit less than than George, but it's still been a good amount of time where I can kind of reassess things. I think it's a really really great movie. I think it's really really good. I think it's not only is it best aspects for me actually on the technical level. I think it's seamlessly edited. I think some of the shots are just truly incredible. And I think it's like like you've all said. I'm not really too much I can bang on about it, but it's the perception of yourself. It's a man who's like in fully immersed into like jealousy, insecurity, and also him feeling inadequate of his surroundings as well. Um, and I actually read a really interesting quote. I think he said um, something about like the fights aren't controlled by tactics. They're controlled about what's going on around his life in terms of um, what's happened with his brother played by Joe Pesci and what's happening with, with, with obviously his partner. I can't remember who plays her, but obviously as we know, 
doesn't really treat her too well because of his inferiority inferiority complex um, and kind of his jealous and and, and almost well definitely psychopathic tendencies um, throughout the story. I think I think uh, Joe Joe Pesci I do actually really like. He's um he's very much a person that people think is typecast, and I guess he is to be fair because he's very much a similar character in a lot of films that you see. Even if you do draw comparisons from Home Alone two to this, do you know what I mean? It's very similar True. in terms of the way he portrays himself. But at the same time, I think if he's if he's good at that, which he is, then it's perfectly fine to do over and over again because I'll always enjoy watching him. He has this kind of persona that I just really like to see. Um, fight scenes wise, I could definitely see uh, why George isn't a big fan. The one, I think if I was to judge this as a sports movie, if I was to, you know, judge this against Rocky or Creed, I'd be like, okay, yeah, the fighting aren't the best, but I think they are kind of used used as a tool just to push the narrative forward to the point where it doesn't really bother me too much. Um, it, also, doesn't, it doesn't, like, bother me, but that yeah. is the reason, like, why I lowered my rating to a 5 out of 5, which is yeah. weird, to a 4.5 out of 5, which is weird to say since we've just spent the last 10 minutes talking about how this isn't a boxing movie, it's a character study, but, like, Boxing's still there, and I don't think some of the fight choreography holds up as well as they should. And yeah, like we've all said, they feel more like plot devices. They feel like the only reason they're there is to get De Niro in the ring and then give us this like moment of rage, this moment of okay, he's there by himself and he's got no one around him. Like let's like it's it's to like lower his characters, to lower our view of his character. And I feel like this movie could have done that in other ways as opposed to you know, throwing in, it sounds weird, but like, this is a boxing movie where I feel like taking out the actual boxing scenes may have helped it. Yeah, I definitely like, understand like that. keeping that in the background as much as possible. I think potentially what, what they could have done is just shown him kind of walk into the ring and then walk out in terms of the drive. Yeah. Like he could be walking in after a certain event that's happened with, 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 with his brother, let's say, or his, or his partner. And then he walks out and he's either really banged up and angry because of some, a decision not going a certain way, or even just go from A to B in terms of when he lost the, the initial fights to Sugar Ray Robinson, I believe it was, yeah. it was. And it was like a decision, a decision loss. It could have gone from, okay, walking into the ring to decision loss. This is why he's acting a certain way after this kind of thing. Um, Do you know I, what yeah. would have been the, the first thought that comes to my mind after you said that was in Creed 3? And I don't mean to bring him up because of the controversy, but that one scene where Jonathan Majors is walking into the ring and he's got no one around him. Everyone is booing him like crazy. Yeah, Something yeah. like that in Raging Bull, I think, would have worked a million times better. Where like maybe he is walking out to the ring and he does have a support team behind him, but the camera is focusing strictly on his face. And maybe it's like a portrait mode thing where everything is blurred and it's like, okay, he's with people, but he still feels like he's by himself. He still feels like no one is truly there with him. Yeah. I, I think it has the feeling of isolation, but then I also think like, when did this come out? So 1980, um, obviously Jet at the time was one of the most famous boxers ever for, for, yeah. for right and wrong reasons and the way his life turned out. I think like, if I judge it, say if I you know was in 1980 watching this, it wouldn't be as big of a deal because I haven't seen the 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 upward trajectory of how well choreographed fight scenes are. Yeah. And I think that a lot of the time as well around that key area. Um, but also the- that too, I hate I hate judging. I hate being the guy to say like, I don't think like. I don't think Return of the Jedi holds up well because of its CGI. It's like sick. That movie came out in 1980. Like, yeah, yeah, I expected yeah. to. But like, it's the same thing with Raging Bull. Like, I hate saying I don't think the boxing scenes hold up well just because that form of storytelling has just like evolved like crazy in the last 40 years. I mean, we just got Creed three 
with arguably the best boxing scene ever put in a movie. Sorry. I definitely agree. I think it's it kind of comes down to whether or not you how much you enjoy the boxing scenes. I mean, Tyler, what do you think? Do you think it would have been better without and they could have moved the plot forward without it? Or do you think they should have kind of kept that aspect in, I guess? Yeah, so I saw George's Letterbox review. Uh, he, he mentioned something similar to what he's talking about in Potter in his review, and someone commented, like, the point of the movie isn't the boxing. It's, like, outside of it, which we all know and we've all talked yeah. about. But it's, like, it's it's not saying that that's, like, George didn't miss the point. It's saying, like, if you would have had the same exact movie, but... You, you elevated those boxing scenes as well, then, like, that would just make it maybe a five for him, like, if he did that part just as well. But for me, I think what you guys were just saying, I never even thought about that, but I actually think that would have worked, just taking out the boxing entirely because kind of like I mentioned in my beginning, like, it almost felt like those were, like, the cut scenes to progress the plot forward. Basically, like, every time there's a boxing match, it's like, oh, okay, so now we're, like, a couple months in the future when it's the next match, so now we kind of know, like, stuff's progressed. Um, whereas, obviously, clearly the focus is his relationship with his wife and the other women in his life and his brother and how, and his manager and how that's all going down his internal battles with how he feels as well as his fame and the public perception of him. Um, so yeah, I think because the boxing felt like an afterthought, which again, I'm not personally saying it's a negative. I think it could have been without the boxing or like maybe even give a little more to it. I don't know. I think like the box, the amount of boxing in it was a little weird. Although I clearly know like it wasn't, that wasn't the main focus, but I think taking it out would have been interesting and added to it a little more since it is much more character study and more of a drama than it is, you know, a sports movie. Yeah, I, I, think still, I still think this movie works very well Absolutely. as a character study, like with the boxing elements. Like, I don't think that, like, knocks the film. I just don't think it. I mean, yeah, we're debating between a 4.5 and 5 right now. We're yeah. not saying, we're, yeah. we're not saying, like, this nitpick is making it like a 2.5 no, no. movie. Yeah. I'm just saying, if those were, and I don't want to say done well, because I do still think they were done decently well for 1980, but if they were done well and, like, felt less of, like, a plot device and just felt less like they were just put in because, like, someone said, this is a boxing movie, we need boxing scenes, I think this could have been as easy a 5 out of 5 as ever. Yeah, I, I I see a lot of people like you know it's it's kind of hard to say. Um, I, I think this could probably be the highest rated sports movie, but it's very hard to compare like a Rocky to this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Rocky, he's driven by success, whereas Jake Lamotta's is kind of like an outlet for his rage, for his insecurity, and he's like it is he is a raging bull. That's exactly what he is. It's kind of hard to 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 compare, but um, yeah, that I definitely was actually fantastic that you just said it. I don't know. That just sounded very like professional. I'm guaranteed that someone else has said that. To be fair, I've never heard anyone say that about the movie. Someone has as, as, as weird as that never, sounds. I've never you, once heard someone actually say he is a raging bull. Well, he is. That's what he is. I, I know. Bull. I know. I've just never heard it, and that just blew maybe, my maybe mind. That's like one of those TikTok before. videos where it's like, uh, like when they say the title of the movie in the movie, and then it's like the, the clip film. of yeah. the video from. Uh, once upon a time in Hollywood, is over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I really like it. I do think for me, um, a four point five is still. Again, we're like talking negatives. I think that realistically, four point five, you can have very few negatives. Four point five is very, very high. Um, there's just certain aspects which I, I don't love as much as you know a Scorsese film particularly. But then again, I, I well, this brings me on to my next point. I. So I personally would have this quite high in, in Scorsese's filmography. I actually checked before I came on, and I, I, out of the kind of 17, 18 I've seen, I would actually have this fourth. And I was keen to know where you think you would have Sorry, it. Sorry, is this a four and a half for you? Four and a half, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Interesting. I feel like based on all, I feel you talk about it so much. I just assumed it was a five. I didn't even like yeah, look so at the review. I just always assumed it was a five. It, you, I think it, you when I when I well, it was one of those films where I first kind of went on Letterboxd. I kind of just rated it a five. This was a while ago. I dropped it down to a four point five. I want to say uh, six months ago. I have three Scorsese's at a five, and then I have a, a, a like a four or five of them at four point five. And this is like the highest end of 4.5 in terms of his filmography for me. So it sits around fourth. I Wait, think. Before, before we get into like the, the like our Scorsese rankings or where we put this, I feel like we just glossed over Joe Pesci because I think he's stunning in this movie. And I, I think that him. like brotherly relationship absolutely drives everything because it feels like super real and super genuine. Like they they go back and forth with each other, but you know they're still brothers. And I feel like it's one of those situations where it's like a a Denzel Washington, Ethan Hawke in Training Day, or like a Heath Ledger, Aaron Eckhart in Die Hard, where one of them is so good, in this case, Robert De Niro, that it overshadows the other counterpart, in this case, Joe Pesci, but he still yeah. gives such a flawless performance. I I agree. I mm-hmm. think Joe Pesci, I think there's the, the relationship you kind of, you need this brotherly bond to work, Yeah, um, and, and which is, you know, always going to happen because Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro two actors who clearly as we've seen uh, in future projects and I believe one past project works really well together so you kind of need this to work because you need to see their relationship fall apart and they, they're, they're they almost pretty, they're have pretty good at acting they are pretty good at acting yeah they are they are pretty good especially Robert De Niro um, <laughs> yeah. and they, you, you kind of need to see that, that them kind of fall apart because that's kind of where his demise starts isn't it did you mm-hmm. guys know like how much weight Robert De Niro gained for this role Mm-hmm. Kind of crazy. Actually, I didn't. It's like fifty. Is fifty yeah. pounds? He gained a chunk. Yeah. Well, so I guess like I can just transition that into quickly going over our fun facts for this movie before we get into uh, our like Scorsese rankings overall because I feel like that'd be a good way to end it. Um. So yeah, like uh, Martin Scorsese like multiple times wanted to like pause filming of this movie because he like was so concerned about Robert De Niro's weight gain. He's like, this like can't be healthy. Like, you're gaining this much weight this fast. But you're talking about Joe Pesci's performance. Um, it was so good that apparently Jake LaMotta's brother Joseph, who Joe Pesci's playing, sued the film for $2.5 million for saying that the film was so unflattering de- unflattering depicting him. So Joe Pesci's performance is so intense, I guess, that the actual guy who's playing wow. was like, hey, f- screw this performance to me. Um, and similar, similar thing for Jake LaMotta. The first time he saw this movie, he said it made him break down in tears and realize he was a terrible person for the very first time. And he asked Vicky LaMotta, was I really like that? And Vicky replied, you were worse. So, Jake LaMotta, not a great guy. Uh, A couple more fun facts. Uh, In 1978, which I didn't, I don't know, I guess, a lot about Martin Scorsese's life, so I didn't know this, but in 1978, Martin Scorsese was at an all-time low after New York, New York bombed at the box office, and he overdosed, uh, or near overdosed from cocaine, and Robert De Niro visited him in the hospital and basically said, you you need to clean yourself up and make a movie about a boxer, and De Niro and Scorsese worked together here, obviously, after the Godfather movies came out, and... Um, Scorsese, De Niro was making The Godfather at the time, and De Niro and Scorsese made this together. And, and Scorsese said it believed he revived his American career because he's planning on this. Oh. Is, this Scorsese is planning this to be his last American movie, and he's planning to pull a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and move over to Europe and make smaller movies. But this Jesus. restored his uh, restored his career, and the rest is literally history for Scorsese because he just freaking went on a tear. I think I have one more. I think this is. I think this is true. Mm-hmm. I read this a few months ago, and I. When so the first film that Scorsese and De Niro did was Mean Streets back in '73, which I quite like. It's not anything spectacular in his filmography, but I, I like it. It's like a four star for me. But 
Uh, that was kind of Robert De Niro's one of his breakthrough performances, obviously three years before Taxi Driver. And at that time, Robert De Niro was obsessed with with Jake LaMotta's um, life. He was trying to, he basically had to persuade Scorsese for like six years to try and do a film. Mm-hmm. And Scorsese just couldn't wrap his head around how he would do it. And it was basically Robert De Niro pestering him from 73 all the way to like 78 to do this film. So I found that quite interesting because you can clearly tell how much Robert De Niro studied Jake LaMotta mm-hmm. in the first no, way he... Robert De Niro was like, seemed like he was obsessed with this role because he pulled like a Tom Hardy because he said uh, in preparation for this role, Robert De Niro, he literally like became a boxer. He entered himself in three Brooklyn boxing matches and won oh, two yeah. of them. So he became a legit boxer. That's so crazy. And he, he legitimately broke Joe Pesci's rib in the sparring scene in the movie. He that they kept that scene in the movie so another you know lord of the rings little fun fact where you can point out the movie like hey right there in that scene he actually broke his rib right there um and then lastly we kind of mentioned it earlier because this came out when boxing movies are set like the pinnacle like rocky came out in 76 rocky 279 main event 79 prize fighter 79 this came out in 80 so one of the main reasons the movie is in black and white is Martin Scorsese said he just wanted to differentiate from all the other boxing movies. There's a couple other reasons saying, like, this movie was so bloody and Scorsese didn't really want to depict that in color. And Jake LaMotta often said, like, he felt like his life was remembering his life was in black and white. But one of just the main reasons was just as simple as there's so many boxing movies coming out at the time that they just used it to try to differentiate themselves. I forgot to mention that as well. You know the the scene which is like in color when it shows the memories of Jet Lamotta like near the star. Mm-hmm. If you see that there, I think that's clearly meant to depict the, the the vast contrast between how much of the of, of his life was negative and how much was positive. Mm-hmm. And tries to show that using color, which I think is interesting. I also think the black and white. If it, I think the black and white really works for this film as well. I think it works in his favor massively. I think it has a massive effect on the emotional investment of the character in general. Um, yeah, I really like Black and White, to be fair. I just was keen on it. Mm-hmm. So where, where I, is I, this in your Scorsese rankings, then? Or Georgia, I'm just well, I, was, I was just going to say, again, this was a first watch in a very long time, and I was very curious going in on how the Black and White would hold up, and I think that's still one of the most stunning aspects of this film. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, I have five Scorsese out of five out of five. Um, Let me guess them. Please go. Taxi Driver, Goodfellas, yes, The yes. Departed. Yes. Then you have Wolf of Wall Street at five. I and do. then. None. Uh, 2010s. Shutter Island? Oh, The yeah. Irishman. Uh, really? Island. I didn't know you had that at five. Interesting. I have Shutter Island at five. I love Shutter Island. But uh, like my four and a halves, I don't, know, I don't know if I would put Raging Bull above Gangs in New York or After Hours or King oh, of Comedy. George, do you want to hear something bad? Oh, God. Gangs of New York is my second. Yeah, I know. You've told me this. I, I don't know, man. Like, Gangs of New York for me, I think I have to rewatch that to be fair. It has been a while. It um, has been a while for me, too. So, I, admittedly, maybe I just am not remembering it as being as amazing as I think it is, especially looking at like what all of my mutuals rate it. I'm the only one with a four and a half out of five. And then, really interesting. Yeah. Sophie has it at a three. So, maybe I'm not remembering it properly, but. The performances in that movie have always just stuck out to me as like some of the best ever, one of like the best the, ensembles. The performances are great. Yeah, 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 yeah. which is why I just think I like hold it to a four and a half out of five. Um, but I am due for a rewatch on that one for sure. So I have 4.5s. I have The Irishman, Casino, King of Comedy, and The Departed, the Departed and Raging Bull. There's a couple I haven't rated because it's been too long, like The Last Temptation of Christ. Wait, whoa, whoa. Of- you don't. You don't have any Scorsese at five out of five? What? No, no, no. I have, I'm, I'm going on to that. I was just oh, saying oh. that you that I think could be like here. Oh, okay. Like The Last Temptation of Christ. I was going to say, uh, you fucking money, like your fellas. No, no, no. So and then I've 
the, the top three for me would be uh, Goodfellas first, Taxi Driver second, After Hours third, and then Raging Bull fourth. And then probably looking at maybe The Departed or King of Comedy fifth. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, I'd say fourth for me. Yeah, it, it would fall, yeah, between like six and ten for me, maybe. Or six and nine or eight. Have you seen The Silence, George? The one he did with uh, yeah. Andrew Garfield? That's, I, I, seen... I might put that above Raging Bull. I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. I know a lot of people love that. I need to yeah. watch that. That one's one yeah. of his most slept-on movies, for sure. That movie is so... F- I, I actually can't believe that movie is so slept-on, considering it's Scorsese. Considering it's a the- religious project, isn't it? So people are like... I mean, who cares if it's a religious project? It's Martin Scorsese. Well, it's the this same is, as his... Um... This is 2016. So what is it? This is his first movie after the massive Wolf of Wall Street Wolf he made. Andrew Garfield, Adam Driver, Liam Neeson. Like, come on. I forget Liam Neeson. Now, I need to watch this. I'm and the weirdest like... thing, too, is like that was the same exact year as Hacksaw Ridge, which is another religious project yeah, that 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 movie, I feel like everyone's seen and everyone knows by Hacksaw Ridge. I, I, yeah, I actually can't. But that's a war actually... movie, though, isn't it? It's like people will like my school. No one ever talks about The Last Temptation of Christ, which is obviously the one where Willem Dafoe played Jesus. It's the it's the uh, biopic that Scorsese did. And I, well, I haven't seen that in years, but that that was like amazing. No one ever speaks about that. I think there is a, such a thing as like people, people just kind of with these sort of things, they can just brisk by them. I don't know how Silence did at box office. I don't know what the numbers were. I can't imagine it did too well. Can't imagine it was good for. Yeah, Tyler, where does it land for you, Raging Bull? Um, so my ranking is obviously weird because I started rating movies way later, so I only have. Six Scorsese movies ranked. I only have six Scorsese movies ranked, but looking at his IMDb, I've seen like, I don't know, at least like 12 of these. So um, in terms of ranking right now, I think it'll be three behind Goodfellas and Shutter Island. Um, but Yeah, because I really like Shutter Island as well. But I don't have any five stars rated right now, even though I know like The Departed. Like I just haven't watched The Departed in a couple of years, but that's like a five star movie for me. Um, so he has five star movies for sure that I just haven't watched in the last whatever year, year and four months. Shutter Island fucks. Yeah, Shutter, Shutter Island. Island's a weird movie because I feel like I've seen equal amount of people that love it and I'm, equal amount of yeah. people that like are like this movie sucks and is overrated. So, but I guess that's I, kind I of the same with a lot of film bro like, movies. But yeah, I have it like a four, so I think it's I, I think it is a four or around there. So I think it's like perfectly rated. I think it's really really good. I'm not. Silence had a budget of fifty million and made twenty four million. I've just seen that. Yeah, I'm just looking at it now. So big L. Films yeah. like that, they just they just struggle, don't they? Yeah, yeah. But um, I, I definitely enjoyed Raging Bull a lot more than The Age of Innocence, even though I know a lot of people love The Age of Innocence. I, we even got a comment on our video. People being like, "This is literally Martin Scorsese's best movie," and it's like, if you think that, more power to you. But it's like, nah. Not, yeah. I'm sorry to tell you, I haven't last, unfortunately. Um, yeah, same. I well, I think then again, though, it's still a positive rating. Last question I want to ask is, top of your head, where does this rank for you in terms of the De Niro performances that you've seen as well? Because I think this would be. Might be one, one or two. I think two. I like. I really. I, I've always just loved um, Travis Taxi Driver. I just think that performance is just amazing. Again, another character study. This guy is amazing. That I think. I think he's good at those. Good. He is great at those. I think I'd go two. Tyler, what are you saying? I think two might be the same for me. I'm. Yeah, I think two behind Taxi Driver. I'd say the same. I really enjoyed his performance. This movie is probably my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, it, it would be. Two or three. I think Tax Drivers is best, and then maybe King of Comedies up there for me as well. I think. God, yeah, maybe Raging Bull, and then The Godfather Part Two. I wouldn't call this one of like his best ever, um, but his performance in Silver Linings is so good. I haven't seen it. It's so good. Yeah, what's it. It, what's what's Robert De Niro's best old performance? Like like when he's older. 
Because like I feel like a lot of his projects is kind of probably. It's like post like 2010, we'll say. Oh man, 2010. Yeah, I'll have to I'm look at his filmography now. He's not, it's not, he's not the many great, but probably the Irish. Yeah. That's like, what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. I feel like that's kind of cheat code though. No, I'm, I'm, saying, saying, that's, I'm, I'm saying, saying silver linings. I'm saying silver linings. Is he better than that than, than the Irish? Interesting. Yeah, I feel like we're overlooking the intern starring Anne Hathaway. <laughs> uh, but yeah, wow. After 2010, he has not been in a lot of great projects. He's been he in a lot of movies. He, he, he stays busy. He doesn't need to though, does he? He's been in not many great films, and it's like right. fucking let me get back for a bit. Do you know what I mean? Literally, yes. he he walked into like the end part of his life, and he's like, I just want to set my kids up for success. Like, the yeah. guy is like, how many great roles that we can give him a break? Although Killers of the Flower Moon, who knows? He might be. He might be great in that, which I'm very I'm excited, excited to see that. I didn't even know he was in that yeah. until the latest pictures came out, but that's more of the fault of the movie, not showing anything in that one damn picture. <laughs> it's great marketing, though, because I've been tweeting about that non-stop. Yeah. It's similar with The Whale, yeah. just showing that picture of Brendan Fraser over mm -hmm. and over again. How do you, you know what I wonder, like, how do you get Robert De Niro to do Dirty Grandpa? Because, like, you got to be sitting there, like... It's, it's got to be money. It's for now, I would say it has to be money. I'd be like, I would have to try comedy roles to ask him. I would be like, there's no way he would ever do this. Yeah, but unless he actually, I, I doubt it. I doubt, I think it was just money, but unless he actually just weirdly wanted to do some comedy later down his line, you know what I mean? It's not really something. Uh -oh. I mean, ever, ever since 2010, he's in like at least three to four projects a year. So I feel like it's just for him at this point in his life. He just gets scripts sent to him and he's just like, I just want to do like three movies a year as a supporting role and whatever. Most of he the he's like, I'll do these. Part. Doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he always has quite more passing. He was in Limitless. I, I was literally just about to say that. I completely forgot he was. I don't remember him in Limitless. Yeah, I completely forgot that. Interesting. I actually quite like I haven't him. seen that forever. I feel like Limitless for me is a movie that, like, when I first saw it as a kid, is like a five out of five star, but I'd rewatch it and I wouldn't love it as much. But I don't know. I have to rewatch it. Shark Tale as well. That's <laughs> quite a performance. With Scorsese as well. Is that their best <laughs> collaboration? Scorsese. <laughs> I mean, we can probably leave it there. Have we got anything else to touch on? Or are we all kind of covered? 4.5 from me, 4.5 from George. Yeah, 4 or 5 across the board. Actually, before we end, because Cam did rate this, and he's like, can't be here. Let me just go read his letterbox oh, real quick for the... Oh, yes. For the for the people at home, let's let's get Cam's... I think he did a 94. Uh, yeah, yeah, so it is also a 94. Okay, he did an actual review. He said this week's Real Talk review released on Friday. Yeah. So he doesn't have any thoughts. But he gave it a 94 out of 100. So, yeah, 4.5 across the board. So it's officially in the... The almost real talk nearly, collection, the nearly real talk collection. We should make that. Um, as usual, let us know your thoughts on the film. As I said at the start, if you have, you know, if you want to look at our Patreon, look at all the benefits. Uh, if you want to provide us movies, draft ideas, etc., etc., we've got a ton of content coming out soon. We're backlogged for like three weeks in advance. Tyler, three weeks, two, three weeks. That's something like that. A lot. Yeah. We have a lot of content we, we, coming. We are, and and people like so. We have we have videos that are going to be coming out in like or podcasts are be coming out in like three weeks. That'll be like uploaded to Patreon. Some are already uploaded now, and some will be uploaded today. So, like, if you're a patron, you're getting content like three weeks early, and not to like pimp our own stuff too much, but like our Discord. Like, we've gotten so many messages from people that are literally like, the Discord is like the greatest thing that's ever happened to me because there's well, so many like-minded guys like watching films. Yeah, they always do watch parties together. They're always talking. Like, the, our Discord is consistently like overflowing of messages. Like, they're always chatting in there. So, if you need like an awesome group of guys to talk movies with, like, that's like the greatest way.
If I, I remember when I started, the reason I started TikTok is because I didn't have many people to speak to about film. You join yeah. a Discord, everyone in there loves it. It's all yeah. over it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as usual, give us a rating on Spotify. Drop a like if you enjoyed the video and sub. And let us know what you think of Raging Bull as well. Let us know your thoughts in the comments. Other than that, we'll speak to you all soon.